Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro. And I know I've said this before, but one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is meeting writers outside of my usual circle of mystery peeps. Don't get me wrong. I love my mystery peeps. They are my writer dies for sure. But it's been super fun for me to get out of my own box and talk to authors in different genres. And whether I'm talking to a mystery writer or another type of writer, there's a common thread that I always hear. I'm sure you're probably all sick of hearing me say it right now, but it is so true. It's about community and giving back to up and coming writers. So just taking the success that you've had, the boost ups that you've had and paying those forward. Um, I hear this all the time from writers and I, it's what I love about writers in general is that, you know, everyone is just really, really giving and they want to help others come up and have the same successes that they've had. My guest today is no different. Kathy Otten writes in multiple genres, and she credits her success with joining Pen Writers years ago when she was just starting out. Pen Writers is an organization that helps writers of all levels, from the beginner to award-winning and multi-published authors, improve and succeed in their craft. And today, she's all about staying involved in that community, giving back, and nurturing the idea of community in general among writers, which makes her a perfect guest for the show. So Kathy's the author of several historical romance short stories and novels. She was a Northwest Houston Romance Writers of America Lone Star winner and Utah Salt Lake Romance Writers of America Hearts of the West finalist. She teaches workshops both in person and online on the craft of writing and offers her services as a book coach for anyone who needs help writing their book. As a coach, she offers support with project management and constructive feedback on work submitted. And with a bit of tough love and emotional support thrown in, she provides the tools for writers to complete their book and make it their very best. 
I loved our conversation. We talked about everything from improving craft to plotting to how a book coach works. Plus, she gives some great advice for all writers, whether you're just starting out or you are well on your way. So without further ado, here's Kathy. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. Hi, Liz. Happy to have you here. I would love it if you could share a little bit about your journey as a writer. Well, I'm in my 60s now, so I actually started probably when I learned how to write, second, third grade. I started drawing, you know, little pictures on notebook paper and writing a story underneath and then tying it all together with yarn. And then I just always wrote. All through high school, I would write little stories and stuff and... I filled up notebooks, but I never did anything with them. And then when um, I started having babies and I'd be nursing them in the middle of the night, I started picking up those um, Harlequins that used to be, you know, way back. In the day, they'd be at the checkout line where the magazines are now. They were really cheap, you know. And I said, gee, I can write this, you know. So I started pulling out the old notebooks. And it was a lot harder than I thought to write one of those. They seem like they're easy, but they're not. And I started sending them out and got rejected, rejected, rejected. And so the notebooks kind of went under the bed. The kids got bigger. And then when they got in high school, I started pulling it out again because I had more time. And then at work, a friend of mine told me about an organization called Pen Writers. And so I went to one of their like mini conferences. They had like a little mini conference, an all day thing. And I started learning about craft. And, you know, they were really friendly and open and sharing and supportive. So I joined. And once I joined, I started learning about so many things I had no clue about. And I had my first story published in 2006. And I've been going forward ever since. Um, Had five novels published, um, multiple short stories, novellas. And then people started asking me, you know, can you look at my manuscript? What do you think about this, that, and the other thing? And so I would give my two cents and started, you know, going to book signings and different things at events. And um, somebody asked me to, um, me and another person that we were sharing the table, to do um, a workshop on writing, like a six-week workshop for the Arts Council in town. So I started doing that, and then that led to another workshop, which led to another workshop. So I do multiple workshops online for different venues, like Savvy Authors or Pen Writers or RWA online groups. And the High Ed Center in um, where I live, they um, have had me do classes for them. So since I started doing all that, then I started doing book coaching on the side and... I got certified through Author Accelerator, and so now I do book coaching, too, on top of some freelance editing and stuff like that. Very cool. So I I love what you said about how it really started for you at, at Pen Writers, and this has been kind of a theme, you know, for people I've been talking to lately on the podcast and even just in, you know, regular life. What was it about the conference and the people that you met there that really kind of kick-started your career? Because, I, I mean, obviously we learn tons of things when we go to conferences, right? But in in my experience, it's more e- even more about the people that you meet and the connections that you make and, 
you know, the things that you learn from just being with other writers. Um, so I'm interested to hear your experience. Well, it was like, um, it was in the paper. It was like a one day mini conference where they had, the, uh, uh, you know, one of those hotels, you know, where they have different little rooms and they break out into different groups. And, you know, in between those little classes, that's when you start talking to people and people are were so friendly and, you know, what do you write and how long you've been doing this, you know, and wow, that sounds really cool. You should join, you should join, you should join. And then, uh, there was a girl named Amy who said, you know, I never thought I could do this and everybody helped me and look where I am now, you know, and she's got her own website and she's just done so many things. And, uh, so I joined and they have, um, different critique meetings in different areas of the state. And so I went to my first critique meeting and I was just sitting there, you know, I didn't know what anything was. And I finally got brave and brought a short story and I was told, well, your point of view is all wrong. And I'm like, well, I don't know what point of view is. So people mm -hmm. started, they recommended books, they sent me emails, you can do this and that, and this is how this works, you know, and everybody was just so giving, you know, I wasn't used to yeah. that. And um, I started going from there, you know, it's like, and now I'm trying to give back to people that are getting started because they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I had this great idea, but I don't know what to do with it, you know? So yeah. it's like a giving thing. It's a payback, pay it forward, or recall yeah. it. No, I love that. It so yeah, that's why I do. you know I've heard horror stories about critique groups, but I haven't had that problem. Yeah, and pen writers is a mix, right, of genres. Oh yeah, which I kind of like because it keeps you from falling into the little tight parameters. Like I write mostly romance, but my new book is a paranormal young adult mystery. You know, so mm. it it keeps you fresh, kind of, yeah. and. Everybody has so much life experience that, you know, it's, it helps because somebody will say, well, I'm a lawyer and you can't really do that. <laughs> and uh, somebody else will be a, a retired cop, you know, and he'll have a different perspective on how something would happen. And I had horses for 35 years and milked cows. So if you um, get on your horse on the wrong side, I'm going to tell you, you know, hmm. um, so th there's a... The, the group itself just has so much to give. And some people are really good at, you know, finding the commas. And some people are good with character. And, you know, so there's so much that you can absorb from each other and give to each other. So that's why I like it. Yeah. And it's so true, right? And, and you know, regardless of what genre the, the, uh, the writers that I'm speaking to are writing in and whether it's a mix or whether it's, you know, straight up one genre all the time, it always comes back to that. You know, we spend so much time alone at our desks and we have to do a lot of this work alone, but there's so much to be gained by having people to just talk to about, you know, a plot problem or just commiserate with about the publishing business or, you know, it doesn't have to be eight hours a day every day, but just to have that uh, that knowing that you have somebody or a group of somebodies that you can go to, I think is the most important thing for any writer and so much so for newer writers who are trying to get their feet under them and, you know, figure things out. And I think, I do think, I've, and I've had this conversation a few times lately, I do think that it can be, community can be the difference between stopping and staying with it. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's a very lonely thing to sit at your computer all day. And then you're like, what am I doing? Am I any good at this? You know, and you start to feel down about yourself. And then other people are like, no, no, you're good. You're good. You got it. You got it. So it's helpful. Keeps you from admiring down too much in yourself sometimes. Right. So the first thing that you published was a short story? Yes. So do you find short stories are are easier for you or harder for you than novels? Um, they're harder in some ways because you don't have the word count. And then they're easier in some ways because you don't have to worry about layering in so many plot points right. to, to fill the word count. So sometimes it's just I know the story in my head and I know it's not going to be it's not going to be a long novel. And then I, I write a novel and I'm way over word count and I'm trying to figure out what to cut, you know. So it, it's a back and forth kind of a thing. I just kind of know when I'm starting the story, if it's going to be a novel or if it's going to be a short or if it's going to be a novella. Yeah. And do you have, so you do mostly romance, a mm-hmm. lot of historical. So do you have, tell me why, why that genre, did it just speak to you? Was that what you started reading? Well, my mom loved antiques. We used to, I grew up in Vermont, and uh, we learned in school all about, you know, Ethan Allen, the Green Mountain Boys. And being in Vermont, we had a lot of access to the old forts from that time period. And my brothers and I used to tromp around and imagine, you know, what it was like for the soldiers back then, you know. And just start, you know, your creative brain starts just going off on it. And then my dad was always, a, you know, Gene Autry, Tex Ritter, um, kind of guy john wayne movies you know so i grew up on all of those back in the 50s and 60s the western genre was pretty strong so there was a lot of you know lone ranger um range rider you know all these things on tv all the time so between that and my parents westerns antiques i don't know i just sort of fell into it and then when i was in high school I just loved American history. So that, and I started reading Louis L'Amour and uh, Max Brand and Zane Gray and all those Western writers from way back in the day. And it just sort of, between that and the Harlequins, it's like, you know, somewhere in there, kind of melded together. Yeah. Do you find it difficult? So it's funny. I always say I'm too uh, impatient to write historical because, you know, there's, I mean, I like to do research, but I don't want to have to be beholden to specific details. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm fine with contemporary, but do you, how do you, do you find that process? Do you love it? Do you, is it hard? Yeah. It's like going on a treasure hunt. I mean, if you don't mind doing the research, if you enjoy the research, then go ahead and write a historical, but just to write a historical, if you're not going to have fun doing the research, then I probably wouldn't recommend that you choose that. Yeah. Because it can, it can get, you know, it can get overwhelming. I, uh, I wrote a Civil War novel about a doctor, and I didn't want him to have all these contemporary mindsets. I wanted him mm. the mindset of the surgeons at the time. So I did a lot of reading, you know, old journals and medical books from the time period you could get from Google books, old, 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 like from 1860. Um, and you'd find out all this fascinating stuff, and it's like you can just go down all these rabbit holes, you know. Yeah, uh, they used to prescribe like mercury for their patients. It's like, ah. 
So, you know, there's all this crazy stuff. It's just like, wow, this is so cool. Let's, you know, maybe I should put this in. And then, you know, it just like, and then I wrote a short story about these um, two World War I pilots over in France. And I started watching all these old YouTube videos, all those black and white shots of these old planes getting pushed out and trying to turn the propellers to get them started, you know, and you start <laughs> reading about these poor guys. They're up in this paper and wood airplane with no parachute, you know. It's like, oh, my God, these poor guys, you know. But it was fun because they had, like, old uh, YouTube videos of interviews with these guys when they were like 90 years old and they talk about their experiences and it was so cool with we have now for access on stuff but yeah. it was it was you have to really like the research or you're you're not going to have fun writing the story yeah totally so how did you make the switch to a paranormal mystery well my characters come to my head first some people get a plot idea or something like that. I get characters in my head. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of, it was always on the back burner, this story about this kid. And, um, well, originally it had started out with a friend of mine who had an idea for a story and he threw it out. You know, what do you think of this? And what if I did this? And I said, well, what if you did this instead? You know, so it kind of morphed from there. And it was always on the back burner, and I'd pull it out and play with it because it really wasn't my thing, you know. And, uh, you know, so my friend, his initial story idea was, you know, well, I have this kid, and his friend gets murdered, you know, and it was about trying to figure out how his friend. And then I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if this kid was a um, an orphan, and he had to bond with this dad of the kid who was murdered, and, you know, what could they pull from each other emotionally, and I start going off on that, because I kind of go with angsty characters, mm. and, and I'm like, well, wouldn't it be cool if the kid's jacket was the ghost, you know, and every time you put the jacket on, the kid who's dead would talk to him through the jacket, and I'm like, all these cool ideas, you know, so it was always one of those things I'd pull it out and play with it for a while, and then it, uh, it was done, and then I didn't really do anything with it. And I, um, I sub at the school, and sometimes they'll put me in study halls, you know, because I'm not a certified teacher. So I would, I um, would put stuff on a little flash drive and stick it in a computer. You know, study hall is kind of boring if you don't have something to do. So. Mm. I started working on it. You know, I would go back through and cut this and cut that because it had been old. You know. And I start, you know, the learning process of craft is ongoing. So you're always looking at, ooh, I wrote that. And so I started fixing it. And then I brought, um, if you're going to submit anywhere, you pretty much need a synopsis. So I brought the synopsis to critique meeting. And one of my critique partners said, wow, my publisher would love this. And so she sent it out for me she said i hope you don't mind but i just submitted your story and i'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> that's awesome that's a great friend to have <laughs> so it kind of went from there and then it came out in june nice that's amazing that's amazing so are you gonna I write think, more of those i had i'm thinking of a sequel for it but i haven't really done anything with it yeah what publisher was this just just out of curiosity um dragonfly Oh, I love that. I've never heard of them. Dragonflies are my spirit animal. 
Maybe that's a sign. <laughs> www.dragonflypubs.com. Cool. Very cool. I usually go with small press books. Have you, you've had success clearly with them? Yeah. Have you tried, um, have you thought about traditional, like, you know, bigger publishers or self-publishing or what was it that drew you to smaller press? Well, smaller press, I, because I, my first short story was published in 2006. All of this stuff was just starting out, you know, and it was the only publisher that would take a short story. Otherwise, it's like, what do you do with a short story, you know? Um, and so when I started pulling out old novels from underneath the bed and started reworking them, I just submitted it to them. So I've been kind of with Wild Rose Press for a long time. I did try, you know, like when I had my Civil War novel, I went to like Avon and um, the one from Amazon, uh, Entangled, is it Entangled? But they're all like, oh, you got to cut this. you got to cut this. And I'm like, I can't cut this. <laughs> I have to cut out half of the medical stuff, and I don't really want to do that. So the only one that was receptive to that was the small press publisher, Wild Rose, again. So I went with, I just went with them. I've been toying, I'm working on a new novel now, and I'm over the word count. I've been toying the idea of self-publishing it because I don't have to fit it into that box of word count, you know. But at the same time, it's like, oh, man, I have so much stuff going on and school's going to start soon and trying to come up with cover art and formatting and all this. I'd rather just like throw it out there and say, here, you finish it. You do it. (laughs) So I don't know yet what I'm going to do with that one. So you talked a little bit about craft and how it's, you know, continuous process, which is absolutely true. But I'm curious, like, how do you is it just through just keeping writing and writing different things that you're that you find that you're, you know, mastering your craft more and more every day, or what's your, how do you approach that? Well, it, it's, um, you have to be receptive to stuff sometimes. I had, I did something once and somebody told me at a critique meeting that the opening was all wrong because this, this, and this, and this, and I'm like, I'm not changing it. And I was like dogmatic about it. They're like, fine, it's your story, don't change it, but this and this is wrong with it. And it wasn't until I was receptive to it, you know, to let it sit there for a while and percolate, that it's like, yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> so I changed it, and it worked a lot better. So some of it is you have to be a little bit open-minded about things and be able to step back and be objective about it. And then it's like you have to stay open to how things are changing because, you know, you're not going to read kids that have limited time and, and stuff, they want stuff that's faster paced and you get to the stuff faster. So you have less time for description and internal monologue. So you have to learn to start cutting that and find, you know, fine tuning it a little bit just because the market changed, the needs for the reader have changed over the years. And it's like, well, somebody will say, Oh, I recommend this really good book on writing, you know? And so you'll, underline this or highlight that and say, gee, I'm using all these filler words. He could, she could, they thought. And I'm like, oh, I better fix that. So then you start, you know, so it's it's an ongoing thing, which you have to be willing to say you don't know anything in order to be receptive to stuff. So it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Do you find, because I found, you know, same, same, right? Like as you're, as you're just starting out, um, 
you know, you're hearing from other people who may be more seasoned and who have more experience and you're taking all that in. But as you have grown as a writer, have you found that it also is a balancing of your own intuition versus other people's opinions? Because I've certainly found that. Yeah, it's uh, definitely you have to be able to say, mm, no, I'm going to stick with my my gut on this. This is the story of my heart. and This is really how I want it to go which is, you know, part of the reason I didn't want to cut, you know, 20,000 words to fit my Civil War novel into a, what Avon wanted or, you know. Um, but at the same time, as I've learned coaching a little bit, and I'm not good at it, but it's about stepping back and saying, this is where I think you're going off the rails and it's your story and you have to figure out what you want to do. So it's about throwing out the advice and then stepping back and saying, it's not my story. Um, and it's about understanding that somebody that's coming in new isn't going to be, you know, it's like if your characters aren't right, there's no sense worrying about commas. You know what I mean? So it's about instead of overwhelming somebody with a bunch of stuff that is going to have to be changed anyway, Let's just fix the core and don't overwhelm somebody with a whole bunch of information that doesn't matter at this point. So, I mean, because you learn and it's like every rewrite, you're just layering in another thing. So instead of like when you do a feedback meeting in a critique group, instead of worrying about the commas and things, just say, you know, I think the structure's gone off the rails here. You know, we've lost sight of the plot. You know, we've gotten off on this side rail, you know. So it's about n not overwhelming with information and let's fix this and then we can layer in this and then we can layer in this and then we'll worry about commas. So... It's a long, it's a long journey from developmental edits to copy edits. Yeah. And then you have to kind of go with your skill set too. Like commas are not my thing. So copy editing is not my thing. So yeah. well, you know. there's a difference, right? Like there's a difference between hiring a developmental editor and a, and a copy editor. You're, you're asking for two different, completely different things. Yes. And it's the same with coaching. Coach is different than an editor or developmental editor because coach is more about the writer than the work. Yep. So say more about that. Cause I love this idea. Cause I've like, I've been doing, um, my, so my, I have a membership for writers and it's, it's, uh, a lot of creativity coaching and getting people back to their creative essence, right. That maybe they've put yeah. aside or have lost. And so I'm really interested in hearing how you approach it. Well, it's, it's about why are you, why, why are you writing this? You know, and if it's, somebody who wants to, you know, get on the bestseller list, it's like, well, hmm, that might not be the reason, a good reason to write a book because it yeah. may or may not happen. So right. why do you really, really, really want to write it? You know, it's about digging into the person. I mean, for most writers, it's like it just burns inside and you just can't not write. So it's like you have to get these characters out. Well, sometimes people write for different reasons. It's a story that touched their heart and it's been sitting in there you know it's like Stephen King says you know sometimes the good ones stay with you mm -hmm. you know he'll start a story that he started way back in college because it just stayed with him and so everybody has a different reason for writing and I think 
to start out with that is the most important thing to get started because this is a long process and it's hard. And if you can't go back and say, this is why I want this dream, or this is why I need to write it, then, you know, it's, it's about the person more than the writing. And then it's like, well, where do you want to go with it? What are you trying to say? So it's different. It's different. <laughs> I mean, a coach doesn't necessarily have to have a bestseller out there because it's a different skill set. It's, I think, do you think, because I think in some ways, you know, yes, there can be aspects of coaching actual writing, but I think a lot of it is holding space for writers to find their voice. Yeah. And it's about, well, uh, it's kind of like, let's manage this project. You know, how many pages can you write? How many do you want to write? Do you have other things going on in your life that's going to, you know, get in the way of this? How do you feel about that? I said, you know, these things about your piece last week, you know, so how do you feel about that? Do you think that I'm off base? Is that what you're trying to say? Have I misunderstood you? You know, so it's, it's more that than saying your point of view is all wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be, and we need to work on that, but it's more about why did you tell it this way? It's hard to say without something tangible in front of me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. It's different for everyone, right? Like there are people, you know, who I've come across who need different things, right? Some just need some structure and some time and some accountability to write and others need help with a different, with a specific genre or, you know, there's a lot of things. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm reading a piece, a novel right now. And the thing that's bothering me the most is the lack of goals for the character. I mean, they have a goal, but it's so superficial. I'm, I'm trying to get them to dig deeper. Why, 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 why? What's at stake here if they don't achieve it? Because that's where the emotional tension is going to come from. That's what's going to resonate with the reader. But I haven't quite connected enough yet to, to, to bridge that. So yeah. it's, it's an ongoing process. So, and sometimes you just, sometimes it's like all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and it's like, that's what you meant. Oh, now I get it. You know, so it's about being patient. And, you know, just, just trying to find a different way to say the same thing because it might resonate better. You know, it's just, it's, you know, it varies person to person. Yeah, for sure. So to go back to actual writing craft, do you, do you give, do you have like a specific piece of advice that you give to aspiring writers about, you know, getting better, perfecting their craft? Um, Chuck Sambacino came to one of our groups one time and he said the best piece of writing advice that he would give anybody is to put down the remote. And I agree with him because how much time do you spend sitting in front of the TV at night? Yeah, granted, you might need some downtime a little bit, but you could take one hour of that and sit down and, and work on your story or sketch out some ideas or do a little research or listen to a podcast on writing instead. It's like, it, it's about prioritizing how much do you, how do you, how bad do you want it? I guess it's not going to fall into your lap and waiting for the muse is never going to happen. So, you know, it's about, you know, putting your butt in the chair, as everybody says, you know, glue that butt in the chair. Yep. For sure. Love it. Love you it. You can't fix it if you haven't written it, right? 
you can yeah. write garbage, but at least you got it down on paper or on your computer and you can work on it. You got something tangible, but to have some idea and, oh, how's your book coming? Well, yeah, I have this great idea and I'm, you know, working on it, but it's never, it's nothing tangible. So, yeah. 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 That's the biggest thing to me. Agree. Agree. So, okay. You mentioned also that you have easy plotting tips, which I am always looking for because plotting, man, I struggle with it. So to give it, give it, give it to me. <laughs> uh, well, you have different, you have internal and external, right? You have the internal conflict and your external conflicts. Because I tend to write angsty, I tend to push more towards the internal stuff. Because the external stuff is what drives the character to grow and change internally. So the plot obstacles that you throw out there are the catalysts for your character to make decisions. Those decisions are based on backstory and what happened in their past to bring them to this point. Because basically when you start your story, you're in the middle. Because everything that happened prior has shaped the character in this moment. And now all the things that you're gonna throw in front of them are going to affect who they are here to where they're gonna be at the end. It'd be like, your character has this misbelief about life, about themselves, or about somebody else. It's like, say, it's something simple, like all dogs bite. So you need to know what happened in the past to create that misbelief in the character. Then they have a goal. I want this thing, and there's like 12 dogs that live around me, and I don't know if I want that thing. So what would happen if you didn't have that thing? And then all these obstacles have to push that character, reinforce that misbelief, and then something has to happen to change it at the climax. So your plot points need to escalate. So you have to think about escalating. Where you start here, it has to get harder. A lot of times people keep it the same. The tension level's the same. I always talk about, you ever see Die Hard Live Free, Die Hard with Bruce Willis. I didn't see that one. Massive <laughs> car chase, right? And all this stuff. And the only way to escalate it to something at the end is to go over the top. So he ended up, you know, on a freeway that's collapsing and landing on the wing of a jet that's crashing and sliding off of that onto a tractor trailer. It's, it was insane. <laughs> but the only way to go was up. So you have to be careful not to put the huge thing in the front unless your plot is going to go around. But mm -hmm. escalating is important. The other thing is to throw things in there like secrets because secrets create avoidance in your character. They create lies because of the avoidance. So those are things you can use to escalate. It drives tension because... The reader's always wondering, what's going to happen when the secret's revealed? What's going to happen when so-and-so finds out about this secret? Um, it could be something traumatic. It could be, you know, like somebody was sexually abused as a child, or it could be something simple, um, like a secret baby. You know, that's not simple, but simpler. And so secrets, that escalates your plot, escalates the tension. Um, 
decisions. What are the, you know, throwing things out there where your character has to make decisions. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I think I, had, I forget how many I had plot points. Um, decisions like the red wire, the blue wire, you know, um, making it tough, raising the stakes, where you think, you know, one person is in danger, now you find out somebody else is in danger too, or you raise the stakes, make it more difficult. The consequences are more impactful somehow. Life, love, um, choosing between two rights is another way. Your character says choose between this right thing and this right thing. Do I save the one or do I save the mass? Do I save, you know, do I sacrifice the secret mission to save my friend? Or, you know, it, so choosing between two rights is another way you can drive it. Um, I don't know, I can't think anymore. But there's always these little things that you can do to escalate that conflict. And every time you escalate it, it makes it harder for your character to make the decisions. And that's what's going to drive your attention and you're going to connect with your reader because they're going to be invested in that character. So yeah. I don't know. It's, your- it's like that quote. It's like that quote. Um, and I forget who said it right now, but I've used it before. But, you know, in the first act, you're um, sending your character up a tree and the second act, you're throwing rocks at them. And then in the third act, you're helping them come down. Yeah. I think in its simplest terms, that's sums it up. Right. Rocks bigger and your aim has to be better. As yeah. You go. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not easy, and it, it's another one of those things that you learn on the journey. I think it was Spielberg who said something about it. there's a lot of great stories. Or there's a lot of great beginnings that just keep beginning, so they stay at the same, and it gets to be like stepping stones across the creek, you know. So let's push that. Let's push it. You have to be willing to push your characters to do the thing that they don't want to do. Um, I think Donald Moss in his workbook. Um, writing the breakout novel workbook. He does that. He'll, he'll push you to ask these questions. What is the one thing your character would never do? And now, what would make them do it? You say, well, my character would never kill anybody, never murder anybody, never kill anybody. Well, what would happen in their life to make them want to do that? So push your characters. What would your character never think about themselves? What would make them think that? You know, so it really makes you dig down into your characters. And once you get really deep in your characters, then every time you put those obstacles up and they have to make a decision, you're you're driving the tension and tension comes from emotion and conflict comes from plot. So the plot is nothing without the character and without the emotion in the character, your readers, you're not going to have a, you're going to have a sequence of events, but you're really not going to have anything that is going to resonate with your reader. Do you plot your books out before you write them? Um, it's a journey there, too. Uh, you know, you have your pantser on one side and your plotter on the other side, and there's two dogmatic ends on this, and most people fall somewhere in between. Yes. Uh, so... 100%. I've been struggling with this from my whole my whole writing career. Uh, you know, I always thought there was something wrong with me because I was more of a pantser. Um, and then I, you know, just didn't want to embrace the plotting thing until I got myself into a little bit of a pickle and then I had to kind of start embracing it. Um, so now I'm kind of like in that middle, right? So I'll do a roadmap more so than like, I can't 
I cannot much as I want to, and think it would make my life easier. I cannot plot out every scene in a book before I start writing. No, I can't either. But I'm, I'm like you. I started out way here, pantser. Just let's go with this idea. And then I ended up way off track, which is why I never got published. You know, it's like, whoa. Um, and then on the journey of learning, it's like, well, you need this plot point. You need your inciting incident. You need your climax. You need that aha moment. You need these different plot points. So now I kind of do that. You know, it's like, okay, here's my character at the beginning. This is what made them this way. And these are things that they want. Now, what's going to happen if they don't get it? So I kind of know that. And so I kind of know, have an idea where I'm going with it, but it's not in stone. It changes because sometimes you're just going along and it's like, gee, what was wrong with me? Why didn't I see this? You know, so there's some room as a planter for the creative side and the plotter sometimes loses that freedom so there's no right way or wrong way but it's about sort of saying well i'm so focused on all these little details maybe i'm losing the the creative side of the character but if you're answer maybe you need to focus more on these little details because you're going off the rails so it's 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 like you said somewhere in the middle is where i kind of am yeah and i actually had a good conversation with um, a fellow writer friend of mine who who helps me plot like most of my books, she's amazing at it. Um, Jesse Crockett, she writes under a bunch of different names. Jessica Ellicott is her most recent pen name, but she um, plots everything out. But she also, she's very insistent that she does not lose the magic. It's just a way of her like thinking about the book up front and, and, you know, getting that magic in little snippets before she's actually putting it on the page and then still leaving room to adjust, of course. But, um, I, I think, you know, it's a brilliant way to look at it because it really, really works for her. And, and I totally get what she's saying. I don't think she loses any of her magic, um, as she's writing. She just has a much more structured way of approaching it, which, you know, helps her with her deadlines probably <laughs> in a way that I could use. <laughs> so, yeah, me too, because I tend to take people are like, how long did it take you to write this book? Oh, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, okay. So do you teach when you're, when you're working with people, do you help them with plotting or like, how do you, do you work on that with people at all? Well, like I'm doing a class for, um, hearts through history. It's an online group for RWA and I'm doing self editing. So since I'm not really a common person, I'm not really looking at that. I'm looking at, uh, some filler words and misplaced modifiers and you know so it's, it's kind of geared a certain way um i did a class on plotting your novel for the high ed center so it's more like the way i plot it's like you can get focused this is what we just said you know find your way somewhere in the middle is basically how it went but you know when you start talking to people and they have a question and they're like, oh, I have trouble with descriptions. How, you know, can I do this? And so then I'll branch off into, we'll talk about how to write an active description, um, stuff like that. You know, so it, it's flexible in some ways, but then I, you, know, you still have to have that, you know, your um, syllabus, you know, that you're basing off of. It's like, you know, 
you know, a notebook full of info, you know, that you type up and then figure out what you're going to use for slides. And so it's, you have to kind of have a structure. Yeah, for sure. So do you find that you're still finding value in collaborating and, and working with other writers? Oh, definitely. Because it's, it's an ongoing journey. Yeah? You never, you never learned it all and things are always changing. So it's like, how do you embrace the changing and uh, what people want now from what they wanted 10, 15 years ago in a book, you know? So you have to be open and I don't know, it's publishing and writing is always changing. It's like descriptions have to be tighter. The characters have to be tighter. Everything has to be tighter and move faster than it did when, because society has moved faster, faster, faster. We want, we'll binge watch something. I mean, back when I started reading, people would wait. Oh, my next book is coming out in two years. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to wait. Now, if people wait more than a month, they're not going to, they're going to go on to somebody else and binge all their books. So it, it changes. It's changed. You just have to be willing to work with it or accept the change. And I don't know. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. So for someone just starting out today, a writer just starting out today, what would you what would you tell them is the most important thing to keep in mind as they're trying to figure out how to move their career forward? I guess it's back to the why. Why do you want to do this? Because this is really hard. And you put in a lot of blood, sweat, tears, emotion, and you don't reap a whole lot of reward per se. So it's about why do you really want to do this? I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm going to write a bestseller and I'm going to get on the New York Times list and somebody's going to pick it up and I'm going to have a movie and it's going to be Harry Potter everywhere, you know? Um, she didn't go into it. J.K. Rowling didn't go into it with that mindset. She just yep. had this book to write that she really, really, really wanted to write. So that is a fluke. That doesn't happen for the rest of us. It could. It could. But... <laughs> It could. We right, don't want but, to say never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the reason to do right. it. And that's right. not gonna that's not gonna sustain you through all the hard part. So For sure. if you're a new writer, you really need to think about why you want to do this. And then let's go from there. You know, what's your idea? What do you wanna yeah. what do you what are you trying to say with this book? Kind of a thing. And then let's try to work on it from here, you know. What's the character's name? What do your characters think? You know, it's it just sort of build. But your your core foundation has to be the why. Why do you want to do this and what are you trying to say? Okay, so what's next for you? What can we what can we expect book wise? Book wise is the one I'm working on right now that's over my word count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a historical romance and uh, it's over my word count. And right now I'm teaching them online class for that RWA group, Hearts Through History. And then I've got a mini conference coming up in October. We're teaching two classes, two workshops, two 40-minute workshops. So those are coming up. Um, that's about it. Um, some coaching clients that I'm trying to onboard. We're talking, you know. So there's that. And um, editing a book for somebody right now. Awesome. So, and can people um, who might be interested in a pen writers course, can they, you know, do you have to be a member to take that or how does that work? It's just the only thing that varies is the price. If you're a member because it's a benefit, you get the reduced price. But uh, yeah, 
anybody can take one of the online classes. Cool. So we can even put links to those in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So where can people find you? Um, my website is www.kathyotten, O-T-T-E-N. I'm there. I'm on Facebook. Um, it would be Facebook, Kathy Otten, author, and Twitter. I'm not on Facebook and Twitter very much. Because you're busy writing. <laughs> right? Time suck, and it's similar to put down the remote, you know? Yeah. It can, yep. You can be on there and you start off with one thing that you want to like for somebody who's a fellow author, their new book is coming out. So you want to write a comment. And next thing you know, you're scrolling through cat videos and, and things. And just, <laughs> oh I have killed an hour here. So yes. I try to stay off of it. So I'm not on there a whole lot. But um, yeah, my website has the coaching. It has my books. It has you sign up for my newsletter, that kind of thing. This is great, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you, Liz. Enjoy your day. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I just love that whole put down the remote idea. I mean, it's so simple and something we all know, but yet so many of us need a constant reminder of that. I don't know about you, but it's super easy to just get sucked into whatever we're feeling about our day, our career, whatever it might be, and just want to sit on the couch and lose ourselves in something mindless. And we do a really good job of convincing ourselves that we deserve that. And sometimes we definitely do. But she's so right. It comes back to the question of how bad do you want your writing career to succeed and how bad do you want to get your work done? Um, And then it's just a balancing act of making time for yourself downtime and also making time for yourself in the sense of getting the work done that you feel compelled to put out into the world. I love this. And so I'd also love to know your biggest takeaway from this episode. So send me a DM on Instagram or send a message to me through my website, kateconfi.com. I would love that. And you know, if you want, make sure you rate review and subscribe to the podcast. I would love to get this into more ears. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.